Welcome to 24 Hour Expert, where we challenge each other to see what we can learn on random topics in just a day. I'm Allie. And I'm Amy. Let's see what we've learned. Hi, Allie. Hello, Amy. How are you this week? I am good. How are you doing? I'm great. I have been thinking about this topic for quite a while now. It's been on the top of my list since you and I started talking about me coming in to do the podcast. So I'm very excited to dive in. Do you have any idea what our topic is this week? I don't. I don't. Not yet. All right. Well, we are going to be talking about a $9 billion industry. Oh, girl. A beauty industry. Right. Okay. Okay. So it's in the beauty industry, but it's a subtopic. Do you have any guesses as to what it might be? Is it something you like? It is something I like and I have a lot of. Give me a hint on... It is not face makeup. Okay, okay. Cause I was it's s- actually not for your face at all. Okay, because I say, you, um, beauty industry, I immediately think, you know, hair and makeup, but... Um, I have a whole collection, and I think I ask for it for Christmas every year. Is it something that you can use on your hands and feet? It is something you can use on your hands and feet. Oh my gosh, yeah, you do use a lot of this. Nail polish! It is nail polish. I have a weird kind of nail polish obsession, which is funny because most of the time my nails are naked, but like, I just think it's so pretty, and when I do kind of get up the momentum to do my nails, I love how it looks. And you do a lot of green. I do a lot of green. Green is my favorite color. We've covered this in color theory, so hopefully you listen to that episode. I also just think that green looks good with my skin tone. Um, I think which it does is helpful. too. Yeah, it doesn't look like moldy or anything on you. No, although I will say there was one very unfortunate pedicure accident, like mm, I'm gonna call it six or more years ago, where I went in with my friend to get a pedicure, and I was like, I'm feeling funky this week, and so I picked like this fun yellow green color. It was like the middle of summer, and I was super excited about it, and it really did come out totally awful and looked very unappealing as a pedicure polish. And so, lesson learned: there are certain greens, and also maybe certain greens you don't use on like your toes. But it was an unfortunate incident. I only wore it for a couple of days, and then I painted over it. Yeah, I remember one time, and you know, I love having my toes painted. I hate having my nails painted unless it's a special occasion. I just don't like anything on my fingers. One time I had painted them a green, and I'm sure it was just some drugstore inexpensive nail polish, and it stained my nails. Even though I used a base coat, it stained my nails, and my nails were like yellow until they grew out. So it looked like fingers were like fungusy or something. So I had to keep other colors on them until they grew out. It was so bad. Yes, I've actually had that happen a couple of times. I used to have this purple that I'm pretty sure I got from Claire's like in the 90s, maybe early 2000s. And it did that. And I just like didn't know what to do about it. So I did the exact same thing you did and just kept painting over it until they all grew out, which is quite a commitment. Uh, I'm sure I hated every second of it. I'm sh- Well, you've never really been into nail polish, but I just, I find nail polish so appealing because I also feel like it's such an expressive way of like showing who you are. Like if you think about your clothing and your hair and your makeup and your preference, like I just think nail polish is such a great way or your nail style or the length of your nails or like how you like to wear your nails. I just think it's equally as enticing as like your hair and all of those other facets. And I am super into like everyone I think should wear nail polish or can wear nail polish if that's their preference. But I actually really like the way that it like looks in photographs and things. I think it makes things look so edgy and cool. So I'm 100% that market. Like they could sell me anything, even if I never wore it a day in my life. I agree. I will say I think it's 
so fun to see some of these unique things that people do. I think it makes your hands look so polished all the time. Like you just automatically look fancier. Yes. And I agree. Yeah. I feel like I hold things differently when my nails are painted. Yeah. Like I'm like more intentional, like very hand modely as opposed to like my general like ogre grip, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Well, and I will say there are some insane amazing nail artists out there and they blow I, my mind no oh my gosh blow my mind i am definitely on that side of tiktok because i have watched first of all the i okay i'm already tongue-tied i'm just so excited about it the detail that some of these artists can put in there and just the time and energy to create such beautiful artwork on such tiny little palettes to make somebody so happy like how pure just how delightful it is it is i love it i love watching and I'm not going to be able to think of it off the top of my head. And I won't waste time trying to find it. But there's one particular nail artist. I just... Is it the... Is she the one that does, like, the full mural sets? Yes. Where it's, like, like where you can request like Mulan a on a set. nail? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. okay. If we find her TikTok, we will definitely post it because she has beautiful artwork. Yeah, I'll try and share it on our social media. Yes, please do. I just... I'm obsessed with it. And I also think like there's such a range of nail art that you can convey so many things and it can be like subtle or loud. Now, here's the other thing that I will just never understand. And I give total props to the people who can manage this. I like long nails, but I don't like very super long nails because A, I'm not a very coordinated individual as it stands, but I also just cannot function with nails that are too terribly long. And I just see some of these women with these gorgeous long nails and I think you are rocking that, but how are you opening your pop can? So there's actually, I've seen a woman on TikTok who has really long acrylic nails or whatever they are. And she does like videos, like demos. This is how I do this. This is how I do this. And it's so fascinating. Well, I haven't found her yet, but she will. she's on my radar. Because I just think, like, you go, girl. But I just, I can barely zip my zipper as it stands now. Right. Like, yeah. of any coat ever. I don't know how I would do Anyway. Anyway, okay, we have to start. Because quite an intro for nail polish. However, this is truly just, like, a weird passion of mine. We are going to start with some science. Then we're going to dive into history. And then we're going to move into fun facts. And so I'm telling you this as a precursor to know that I am not going to pronounce probably several of the next words correctly. And I need you to bear with me through that. So put on your science alley hat. And if you can help me, please do. Okay, I'll try. We're going to talk about conventional nail polishes and then gel nail polishes. I know there's a whole slew of other designs and acrylics and all of those things. But these were kind of the most basic that we could start with. Conventional nail polish consists of polymer, most commonly nitrocellulose, dissolved in a solvent, usually ethyl acetate or butyl acetate. Great. Great job on words. Thank you. Thank you. When it is applied, the solvent evaporates, leaving the polymer to form a film on the nail. So that's actually how it's adhering to your nail. So that's how it works, but it doesn't harden up in the... bottle because it can evaporate which is why if you don't close your bottles it hardens and gets gross so adhesive polymer resins that are also contained within the formulation help the polymer film to stick to the nail these so-called film modifiers also impart a glossiness to the polymer finish so that is a conventional nail polish 
That is so interesting. I'm pretty proud of myself for getting through that. Also, thank you to all of the resources that I read to help me navigate that. So on the flip side and popular more recently, or at least in the last couple years that I can remember, are the gel nail polishes, which is kind of an alternative to the traditional nail polishes, which are using that, the black light to kind of set the polish. So these nail polishes consist of a methyl crylate compound and a photo initiating compound yeah. such as benzol peroxide. Right, because the photo's why you need the UV light. <laughs> Science Alley, that makes so much sense. Okay, so unlike conventional nail polishes, these mixtures aren't simply applied and left to dry. Instead, they are applied in layers which are exposed to the ultraviolet light. <laughs> photo initiating. Photo initiating. It literally says yeah. photo initiating. Okay, yeah. well, when you put it in context, that makes a lot more sense. Um, they are exposed to ultraviolet light, which kicks off the polo, polymerization process. Polymers, polymerization process. Yeah. The, which solidifies the polish. Great. Okay, we nailed it. That's moving through. You nailed it. So all nail polishes also have uh, plasticiers, plasticiers added to the compound, which helps the polish from cracking or chipping, and it helps give them flexibility. The, when the solvents evaporate, the polish is cured with the UV light. However that happens, that bit of plastic um, add flexibility. That makes sense. Yeah. So they don't chip horribly. Yeah. So that is kind of the science that I'm willing to put out there. Because everything else was just a smidge bit over my head, like the acrylics and the adhesives and all of that jazz. Obviously, like acetone, totally get that, removes it, all of that. We are now going to dive into history of nail polish, which I find so fascinating. We are going to go way, way back to 3200 BC. Oh, wow. Where the uh, warriors in Babylonia would spend hours having their hair curled and lacquered their nails in color before going off to battle. Interesting. Okay. So that is the first one. Also, I want to thank uh, birdie.com for helping me with this timeline. In 3000 BC, the Chinese used nail color as a distinction of rank and dynasty. And those nail polishes would include ingredients like beeswax, Arabic gum, and egg whites in the nail color. Um, nail color was not allowed for everyone, and during certain dynasties, the lower class would wear pale colors, but wearing the color of royals was punishable by death. Oh, shoot. Okay. Very aggressive nail polish. Not something that we stand behind. So then we move to Cleopatra, who decided to use henna on her nails instead of applying it in intricate designs on her hand, as was custom at the time and is still is in many cultures today. She would actually dip each finger in the henna, coating just the nail portion. And her go-to color of choice was blood red. Oh, love it. Sassy. Way to make a statement. So kind of nail polishy, but using henna in a unique way. But same effect. Right. Then we move to Mary E. Cobb, who first learned the art of the manicure in France, and then she redeveloped the process and brought it to the United States. In 1878, Cobb opened the first ever nail salon titled Mrs. Prey's Manicure. Now, after her is when we start getting into some of what we know today. So a gentleman named Northam Warren, who was a chemist, who worked for Park Davis and Company in Chicago, started his own business as a drug broker in New York, and in 1911 created the formula for Cutex Cuticle Remover and sold it through his specialty products company, which he had previously set up. 
Just as the product described, it was a liquid to remove the dead cuticle without need for cutting or scraping. And that is when Cutex became a successful company. He added other manicure preparations to build up that line, which is actually where the liquid nail polish first started to really appear. Um, He actually did not think that the liquid nail polish was going to be a major seller, and it really wasn't promoted as much as the other items in that line. Interesting. Okay. So Warren introduced the first colorless liquid nail polish to its Q-Tex line in 1916, and in 1917, a rose tint was added. Oh, okay. Cute. Right. However, on his trip to Paris, he noticed that the Parisians preferred liquid nail polish over all other forms in his line, and he actually started to bring that trend back to the United States and started making that more of a priority in his uh, production. Oh, okay. Get it, Warren. In normal Paris fashion, they obviously were driving some change. The last kind of hurdle to the mass adoption of liquid nail polish was the creation of nail polish remover. So an acetone-based nail polish remover that would actually take the polish off. Making that more accessible for nail polish wearers made it a more practical thing for women to use on an everyday basis, which was the population at the time who most frequently used it in that early 20s or in this case, uh, 1928, when the acetone was marketable at that time. So as we know, a lot of people wear nail polish now, and as did obviously in the previous, you know, 300 BC. But at this point in time, that made it a lot more adaptable for household use. That would make sense. Yeah, that you're not going to get something that you can't then take off. Yeah, yes. Or that you just have to wait to wear off. You know, that's something I didn't look into was like prior to the acetone nail polish remover development, was it like what was the removal process? Or was it just like a you let it wear off over time? I don't know. Yeah, because if you went to a salon and got your nails done, and let's say you're changing your color, I don't know if changing your color was an option. How did they get it off? I don't. It's a good question. As we move into kind of fashion of nail polish, um, a makeup artist named Michelle Maynard wanted to create a glossy nail lacquer that mimicked the shine on automobiles. She perfected her formula in 1932 and launched the notorious cosmetic house known as Revlon. Oh, shoot. Yeah. So we've already got Q-Tix and Revlon in the mix. And those are both brands that are still around today. So I'm very impressed. Yes, yes. Now we have a dentist to thank for acrylic nails. So in 1957, dentist Frederick Slack broke a nail at work, and to repair it, he used aluminum foil and dental acrylic from his lab. Oh, get it. Yes. So thank you, Frederick, for probably all of the nail art that we previously discussed, because those acrylic nails are everywhere now. And then... Probably one of the most impactful dates, or at least one of the ones that we all would reference as like one of the biggest trends in the nail industry, which is the French manicure, was established by Jeff Pink, who is an American makeup artist and the founder of Orly, who also has a full manicure line. I love that his name is Jeff Pink. I know, Jeff Pink. Good job, Jeff. Way to come around. So he needed a manicure that would work and wouldn't compete with multiple costume changes as part of his job. So in 1976, he created the versatile French manicure. Love it. Love it. He's like, I need something that goes with every outfit. Yep. Following in our fashion trends, one Miss Joan Rivers, the late Joan Rivers, the late great Joan Rivers, was actually at least noted here as one of the very first celebrity endorsers of nail polish. So Essie Weingarten, developed her own collection of nail polishes in the early 80s, which is around today. Essie is one of the largest brands of nail polish. They quickly gained popularity, and in 1983, 
the late Joan Rivers mentioned the nail color of choice, Essie's Jelly Apple, on air, and soon after, Essie was a household name. That is a really fun fact. I Isn't like that, that one. fun? Yeah. Also, I loved that the woman's name was Essie Weingarten. I don't know why I never really thought about how Essie got her name, but I think that's such an adorable name. Essie is a great name. And what was the name of the nail polish again? Jelly Apple. Jelly Apple. What color is it? Is it red? I want to say it's red. I didn't look look that up. up. I looked up a lot of other nail polishes, but we'll have to look it up. I'll Google it. You keep talking. Jelly Apple. So if we're looking at other popular nail trends that were started in pop culture, we would look to the 1994 movie Pulp Fiction. Uma Thurman's nails were painted in Chanel's Rouge Noir, a.k.a. Vamp, a color created to mimic the appearance of dried blood, which is still one of the most popular nail polishes. Interesting. So just like always... Uh, celebrities have a lot to do with popularity, but think of all of the chemistry and all of the creation that went into just getting to the nail polishes for Joan Rivers to say it on air. Yes. And it is red. It is red. Okay. I was going to say, I feel like Jelly Apple could only be red or green, and I feel like green is probably pretty bold for 1983, but you never know. Yeah. It was 1980s, so. Yeah. Bold. Okay. So that's our quick history lesson. Some of our pop culture influences. Um, I've already mentioned that the nail polish industry is, at least in 2020, was noted as a $9 billion a year industry. And it's projected to reach about $11.6 billion by 2027. Interesting. Wow. That's a lot. Yes. And that is considering also a lot of the nail trends and the popularity of nail trends that are growing just over the last several years, even. And yeah, so now I got all those dip powder things. The dips and, and yeah, all the gems and the raised designs and all of that type of stuff. I mean, all of that filters in. It's very interesting to see kind of all of the impact that those things can have on an industry and the amount of money that can come out of that. So as we are talking about nail polishes, I think it's fun to talk about all of the different finishes that nail polishes come in. What is your guess on the amount of finishes that nail polishes come in? I mean, glossy, shiny, matte, maybe like a velvety kind of in-between glitter. I don't know if that's a different finish. It is. That's a different finish. That's what I got. Four. (laughs) Okay. So there's 18 that I could find. Stop it. 18? 18 that I could find, which was interesting to me because I was listing them off. Now, granted, I have a few that I knew that I was like, look at me go. I'm a nail polish collector. And then I was like, obviously, I am not. However, the 18 that I could find are a cream finish, which I would kind of put the traditional nail polish in that bucket, a sheer, a jelly, textured, matte, Halo polish or hollow polish, I'm sorry, hollow polish, which is like holographic glitter. Oh, okay. Metallic, glitter, duochrome, pearl, foil, shimmer, suede, glass flecked, neon, satin, and iridescent. I would argue that some of those are not maybe finishes, but okay. I mean, I don't, I'm not an expert nail polish, so what do I know? Well, what I will say is I looked at a couple different nail polish brands to kind of collect my list because there wasn't like a single source that I could find that was like, here are the finishes. But a lot of this is like the categories that you can find on different sites. So some of them are grouping glitters together where it might be some are saying iridescent and some are saying glitter or some are saying like, this is a hollow glitter and this is like, you know, whatever, a granular glitter. But I was able to come up with 18 from the sources that I looked at. That makes sense. Yeah. A lot more than I would have thought for sure. Yes. And I will say from the Kira Sky website, kirasky.com, that was the most complete list that I've used for reference here that I was able to also cross-reference with other brands. 
All right. So those are our finishes. And then we looked to how do we care for our nail polishes? What is the life cycle? How do we get rid of them? What happens next? How long do you think an unopened nail polish can last? Five years. (gasps) Ellie, what a great guess. Five to eight years, as long as it's unopened. Go me. Great guess. Yes. So as many of us know, well, I guess I I shouldn't lump everybody with me. As I know, I have had many nail polishes for a very long time. And I was never really sure, like, when are they really past their point of good use? So five to eight years is kind of the cited regular. I guarantee you for at least a while, maybe until we moved last year, I had nail polishes that were like well into high school. So they were probably past their prime, but they were, you know, like nostalgic and still worked hypothetically. So five to eight years is how long they can last unopened. And then after opening polishes can last up to about two years. Really? That's it? That's it. And part of that is like the separation that occurs. And then part of it is like air filtration based on the evaporation, which we learned from our science area. These are my assumptions, but that is kind of what I'm understanding. Okay. Okay. Something to note that I think is really important because this is something that I've had to learn over the years. You really shouldn't throw nail polish out. It is actually considered hazardous waste and it should be treated as such. Okay. Good to know. The EPA does consider nail polish to be hazardous waste. You shouldn't throw it out or you shouldn't put it in a recycling bin and definitely do not dump it down the drains. You should get rid of it as appropriate. I feel like most local recycling centers, you could probably just go drop it off and they probably have somewhere you can for that type of material. I assume like, you know, where you take like old paint cans and stuff. It'd be yes. similar. Yes. Where you would where you would discard household paints is also, I think, where you could take nail polishes. And I would just look up for your community what that looks like. Okay. So I have two more kind of fun fact areas to cover. So I pulled four of the brands, and I will be completely biased here, four brands that I am most aware of or that I have the most of in my drawer to just see how many shades they offered because I had never really done that before. And I definitely gravitate towards greens reds, pinks. I don't do a ton of wild colors. And I, you know, I, I always want like a fun color, but then I never really like dive all the way in. So I just wasn't really sure. I did OPI, Essie, Sally Hansen, and Zoya, which are kind of the four that I have the most of in my drawer. I recognize all those names. Yes. And I think they're big in the market. And there are so many other higher end brands like Chanel has a whole line of nail polishes. Deborah Lippman has a line of nail polish. So there's a whole range. Like if you're really looking to get into nail polishes, I'm sure there is a subculture here that just goes for miles. I know for a fact because I find her very calming. There is a YouTuber. Her name is Jess Face 90 and she does nail polish reviews, which is also how I found some of the Zoya collections because I had seen her reviews. I find her videos very calming to watch someone paint their nails and talk about it is, I don't know, weirdly like mesmerizing to me. She was also like the first time I realized all the different kinds of nail polish that is out there. And so that's when I started kind of thinking about this as a topic because I was just like, wow, I cannot imagine how big her collection has to be to review all these different lines. So that's when I did this digging. And it is very easy to see how you could have so many lines and very much like fashion. Nail polish goes through seasonal releases. Oh, yeah. So uh, OPI, when I looked at their website, they said they had more than 240 shades. Ooh. Yeah, it's a lot. They have the smallest of my list of four here. (laughs) Okay, okay. So Essie claims they have 300 plus. They did not give an exact number, but 300 plus shades in their collection currently. Probably depends on whatever the seasonal drop is. 
whatever the seasonal drop is. I also know that a lot of these brands retire brands or release them for limited times, things like that. Retire colors. Retire colors, yes. What did I say? You said retire brands. (laughs) Oh, that would be a bad move. They do not retire brands. They retire colors. Okay, Zoya has 400 plus. Wow. And Sally Hansen claims to have 500 plus shades. That I believe. Yeah, Sally, that did not surprise me. Honestly, I was expecting more of them to have 500 plus. So I actually thought that OPI, given their popularity, would have more. And that might be because they are retiring or rotating more frequently. Well, and I feel like Sally Henson, and I don't know enough about the other brands, but I feel like Sally Henson has a lot of different levels of, I don't know how, like, they have their quick dry formula, they have their regular formula, they have this, you know, type. So they have a lot of different subsets of their nail polish. I agree with that. And I also feel like they cover kind of like all of the different nail care options too really well. Like they've got like the cuticle stuff. They've got all of the different like strengtheners and things like that too. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Now I have a totally off topic question. Not off topic. Kind of on topic. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Is it Sally Hansen or is it Sally Hansen? Like, you know, you know, like Jim Hansen, like the Muppets guy. Like Hansen or Henson? Or is it Hanson or Henson? Thank you. That's what I'm asking. Hanson or Henson? Sally Henson? Hanson? I don't know. It's spelled H-A-N-S-E-N, but now you said it Henson and I said it Hanson, and now I can't get the Muppet guy out of my head because I genuinely don't know which one's right. I think it's Sally Han- Hanson. I think Hansen? you're probably right. I think Hanson. Sally Hanson? Or is yeah. that just like the way I don't... Okay. Well, I don't know, but I don't think they're related. <laughs> but just yeah. to clear up where the Muppet thing came from, I don't think they're related. I just... It came in like Jim Henson. I don't even think they're spelled the same. Yeah. I'm sorry. This is a very sideward rant, sideways rant. Okay. So I pulled the top 15 best-selling nail polishes, as I do, which I might start now that I'm thinking about this. I have maybe a slight obsession with color in general because I just think it's fascinating to see like what sells on the market. I don't know that they're in any specific order because I was pulling them from different sources. So these are kind of the most popular ones that I could identify based on several lists. So number one is Ballet Slippers by Essie, which is a very light pink. Number two is Cajun Shrimp by OPI, which is a very bright red. Number three is Lincoln Park After Dark by OPI, which is a very dark purple. I love that one. I was going to say, I feel like this is one you actually own. I do, yes. Revlon Red by Revlon, obviously, is a red. And it's honestly kind of a very true red from what I could tell. Funny Bunny from OPI is a white nail polish. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which, honestly, I was kind of surprised to see like a pure white on the list, but Maybe it makes sense. And also, I think I read that that covers really well, which honestly, if you're trying to do nail art, a white base makes a lot of sense. So maybe. So next on our list is Big Apple Red by OPI, which is a red. Lots of reds. Lots of red. There's more reds. There's still several on the list. Next is Rouge Noir by Chanel, which is actually the one that Uma Thurman wore in Pulp Fiction, which we touched on earlier. Oh, okay. Chinchilli by Essie, which is like a gray lavender color. Oh, I think I have that one too. Um, light Pink Perfecto by Givenchy, Givenchy, I don't know how to say that, but it's a light pink. Caviar Bar by Essie, which is like a deep blue grayish kind of color. Russian Roulette by Essie, which is an orange red, very bright orange red. Black Onyx by OPI, which is a black. Okay. Espresso by Sally Hansen, which is like a dusty shimmery pink. 
And it's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-O, not like espresso. I actually meant to say espresso. Okay, gotcha. Bubble Bath by OPI, which is a very pale pink and our mother's favorite color. Yes. Almost every time she gets her nails done, that's it. Bubble Bath. And then the last one of the 15th is Rouge 999 by Dior, which is a very true red color. So yet another red. Lots of reds. And my favorite did not make it on the list. What is your favorite? It is a very, I'm going to blank on the name, but it's my, you know, it's by Essie. It's a very light blue. The original one they don't make anymore. There's a new one. I'm blanking on the name, maybe something chauffeur, but Hmm. a very pale blue and it's my signature toe color. I know exactly which one you're talking about. I don't know the name of it, but I know what color that is. I will say one of my favorites is Zoya has a line of hollows, which are hollow glitters, and they have like a foresty green hollow, and it is my favorite. And I don't know the official name of it, but I will find it so that we can link to both of them if we can track down your blue one. But it's my absolute favorite nail color. I just think it is so cool, and the glitter just is so amazing in it. So I always want to try some of those because I see, you know, sometimes some of their advertisements on like social media, and they look so cool. I will say, too, the hollow glitters come off a lot easier than, like, the textured glitters do because I love glitter. Just admittedly, like, when I paint my nails, I think glitter is so fun. But I really don't like having to, like, fight with it to get it off my nails. So the hollows, I think, make that a lot more accessible and also just have, like, high impact for sure. And then there's one, actually, by that YouTuber I was talking about. Just Face 90 makes her own brand. And she has one. I think it's called Twinkle Lights or something. It's a silver hollow with multicolored glitter bits in it. It is so fun and so pretty. It's one of my absolute favorites. I wear it around the holidays a lot, but I also think it just is like an anytime polish. So that sounds really cute. And there's a whole world of indie nail polish. So we're only talking about big brands here. I highly suggest if you're into nail polish or you like to explore like cool different trends and stuff, by all means, go explore kind of the indie nail polish world. It's got a ton to offer you and some really cool shades and features. Yes, yes. I think we will end on just kind of the nail trends that we are predicting for 2022. I will go through these really quick as a wrap up. But as we're looking to 2022, nail trends you should be on the lookout for are 3D details added to your nails. Think like little gems on them or little hoops at the end have become very popular. Mix and match nail styles, different colors on the same hand, but in like kind of complementary tones. Referencing our color theory one, we've got the very peri, periwinkles coming into trend. And then we're looking at kind of the DIYs, painting your nails, having little faces, having nail stickers, all the things that you can do at home. And then lots of just different like matching manicures with your best friends, kind of getting marbled looks, all of those things. Just honestly a lot of fun with your nails. And I would also like to claim that according to Bazaar, which is my reference for these trends trackings, their number 10 was shades of green. So I'm very on trend, way ahead of my time. You are way ahead of your time. So much green. So that is all for nail polish. I hope you all enjoyed diving down this very strange rabbit hole with me, but I uh, thank you for letting me indulge one of the things that I just am genuinely interested in. Thanks for letting me talk at you. Do with that what you will. If you have any corrections or suggestions, email us at 24hourexpert at gmail.com. Spell out all the words. It's our Facebook, our Instagram, and our website. You can find us there. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to 24 Hour Expert. Our theme song is Lo-Fi World by Ricky Bambino. 
If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you're notified of future episodes.